Hello, and welcome to the What's Career Got to Do With It podcast, where we hope to provide a space for honest conversation and information that encourages the listener to take the next steps in their career journey. Wherever you're at in this process, we hope this episode will meet you with affirmation, guidance, and maybe some laughs along the way. On today's episode, we are joined by special guest K.J. Jewett, Catalyst Fellow, as we discuss and answer, or many, to the question, how do you move to a place of acceptance? Hmm. I always appreciate that from Angela. Angela always gives a, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know the answer. That is great. And we're just about to spitball back and forth. Oh, all right. Let's oh. go. <laughs> so here we are. Uh, I think I want to just like put that out there for everybody as I always do. I was say put that out there. But KJ, putting you on the spot. Welcome to the podcast. Here we go. Hey. Here we go. Here we go. Acceptance. Like maybe we should define acceptance first because I think it's so nuanced that there's no like one like specific definition. Sure, like I was accepted into college or I was accepted into this opportunity. (laughs) But what about just acceptance? How do you define it? What does it mean for you? Um, I do think a lot about acceptance, especially when I was in college because – um, they say like when you first get to Duke, that's the first time a lot of students hear no. Um, and so <laughs> getting a no to like, you know, just casual things like social groups, et cetera, like it can be like, but why? Like they always want to know the why. Um, and so I think like acceptance can look like getting that why and then like ruminating in it and like reflecting on like somebody else's reasoning. But like at the end of the day, it's more like you understanding like their actions and what they did and their like decisions most of the time have mostly nothing to do with you um it's like for the good of their ex like ex um for the good of their uh organization and not for like the success of you um so i think like acceptance is yeah looking for like space um for your own success i think that was a really good point too of like separating clearly between what you could have done better in the process and what kind of could have made the outcome different versus understanding that people are measuring you against their own set of principles and values that benefit them for what they need in that moment. And if you don't fit that, it doesn't mean that you're wrong or not. You know, what they need is just they needed something different and you can find your place somewhere else. Yeah. And I think sometimes in spaces where you think you think you may want to be accepted right. is not necessarily the space that you're supposed to be in at that mm-hmm. point in time. So just accepting the fact that, like you say, it's not for me because it's not for me right now in this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't want to think of it as in a binary either of like either you're accepted or you're not. I feel like there's so many right. different like aspects of this. I was just sitting here thinking of this quarterback that I had when I was playing football and he would always go do what you can with what you have where you're at and so acceptance as an action of taking action based off what is before you Mm -hmm. but then I was also thinking of like the passive side of things because that also gives me really big bootstraps vibes and I don't like (laughs) the phrase of pulling yourself up by the bootstraps and so I think there is also a component of passive acceptance of sometimes we have to accept that we need to allow others to to make that move first Mm -hmm. before we can actually move forward and that one's really difficult because it, it requires us to trust other people and people are not so trustworthy all the time Uh, and it it can be difficult to earn and gain that trust and I I think about it from this the sense of like 
accept me, accept me because this is who I am. And there, there's so many things a part of that. And I don't know if we'll get all the way into that today, but I think that's definitely a part of it. So what about Angela? What is acceptance to you? I'm sorry. I'm going to answer your question, but you just said something else. And again, the lyric in me, the song person in me, I just had like Mary J. Blige, take me as I am. I have nothing at all. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Um, But I think, I kind of think, to answer your question now, Rudy, um, what is acceptance is kind of what you're saying, like just accept and know where you are at that particular time Mm -hmm. and know that everything is not for you. Um, but learning what works for you and, and knowing that that's going to change over time. Shucks, it can change from week to week. It just depends on what's going on. But just kind of knowing where you are um, and knowing that if the no comes, like KJ said, the no comes and you want to know why. But, you you know, I'm I'm not going to, like, lose my mind over it and, you know, stress out over it really bad. Just know that it's a reason that the no came. Yeah. Yeah. I think of so in Catalyst there's two strengths that people get really scared by when it's like in a category they don't like mm-hmm. um, and it's strategic strategic awareness and emotional awareness mm-hmm. um, and I think both of those like are needed to like come to a point of acceptance in a situation of like you're saying like or like you were saying um, work with what you have when you have it and so when you're in an organization that you're not meant to be in and you're deciding whether or not that's your space or you're in a job that you're not like too familiar with or enjoying that much. It's like, okay, what do I, what can I do? Um, yeah. Looking at what you can change versus what you can't. So that takes like some awareness of your situation and like emotional awareness of like exactly how you feel. Yeah. Come on, plug. (laughs) (laughs) Always. And I'll be completely transparent on the way to work today. I was, I was thinking about a lot of things and, um, KJ and I have had the conversation about talking about like normalization of certain societal things and uh, maybe we'll get in that topic too but I w- I'm actually getting married in a couple weeks and th- oh wait I can use the sound effect thing you that can. we got <laughs> there oh, we go <laughs> <laughs> and so, <laughs> we uh, we don't necessarily have to view everything as normative like that that's not necessarily normative uh, for everybody but it is something like I, I chose to do and I'm excited about it and I was thinking, too, you know, that impacts my work. That impacts my my daily life. And I think it's so often in our society it's flipped of where, like, we're not supposed to allow that to impact our performance and we're not supposed to come into work and uh, think about things outside of work. We're supposed to think about work when we're at work and we're supposed, we're supposed to compartmentalize. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's human. I think things in our lives, like I'm going to be married much longer than I'm maybe working in this position. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be impacting my mood. That's going to be impacting my uh, day-to-day life. And it's normal for that to impact it. And so accepting those emotions and bringing those into a space that is technically yes for work, but allowing that to be a part of our daily lives is so important to allow the emotions, allow the feelings, allow all the things that exist beyond just exactly what we're doing to impact what we're doing. Does that like spark anything for anybody? Man, Rudy always just, I'm just sitting here looking at Rudy, just listening. Um, I mean, but it, it does make sense though. Like, you know, things tie in t- together. I mean, you know, when you don't think about it, it, 
it actually does. And I think that's a good um, example, Rudy. Like, I'm going to be, you're going to be married longer than you're going to be in this position. And so, like, you bring a piece of you. And I think that's what makes, you know, you unique to your position and knowing where you are. You bring a piece of you to this. And so, you know, your your thought process may change. And, you know, as kids come along, oh, is my child going to have to go through this? What can I do to make it better now? So, yeah. <laughs> Um, I agree. I think in college, too, like, there was a huge emphasis, well, within my friend group, on, like, compartmentalization and, like, what that could do for you and how beneficial it was, and it made you more present in the moment, and, like, every, because every Duke's been doing 12 things at once. Um, and so it was like, okay, in this one of 12 things, like, you're here, you're focused, you're with it, um, but I think that lasts only for so long, and, like, if you're compartmentalizing so much that, like, you're only there when you're there, it like almost forced your brain to like erase that and then like it made me personally like forget more things like I would go to a meeting and be like oh I'm here and then I would step at the meeting and be like all right that's completely over I don't have to remember anything that just happened like I'm trying to push my brain away from that and so like it got really difficult to then like be actually present in all these spaces because I was like erasing this information from my mind and I think now um being this is like my second real role like my first role um, I was trying to do the same thing, trying to compartmentalize of like, you guys don't need to know who I am. That's not for you. <laughs> I know who I am. <laughs> and you know this version of me that I want you to know. Um, but being back at Duke has like kind of opened me up to being like, okay, this is like a space that I was comfortable in before. And so like, you know, the people who end up at Duke all share some similarity because we all made it here and like Duke you know, has a really sh strong set of values that they translate to students and to staff. Mm -hmm. So um, opening up that trust, like you said, and like being able to trust other people with like who you are. Y'all, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Kay's like, this uh, is not me. <laughs> Y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, but, and this might be just uh, that's how I was raised, sort of like category thing, but I understand compartmentalizing in the sense of weighing acceptance and authenticity versus, you know, inauthenticity in the workplace. But then part of me also thinks there's a, a need for compartmentalizing certain things at certain times. But overall, like the lid on that compartmentalization is the acceptance of who you are. So, like, for me, I feel like there are certain situations in work where I've, I've heard it different ways where people are like, there are certain parts of my personality or character that people at work just don't deserve to see. And those are things that I keep in those places. And at work, I get to pick and choose what I want to share with people versus I have to come to work showing the case in who I am, everything that I am to be truly like. 100% authentic. I don't know. I'll, that That's that's why I kind of looked at you like, what you got to say? And then, because I didn't say anything, because I was like, uh, I like my... See the body I, language. And I like to and I like to organize a little bit, so I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just going to throw that out there. Plop. No, I, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah go ahead, KJ. Oh, I was going to say, like, there are, like, right, there are limits. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I saw a TikTok. I'm always saying I saw a TikTok, but I did um, a while ago, and it was kind of 
got some circulation once it made it to Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a black woman, and she mm-hmm. was saying, like, there are just certain things that I will not do in the workplace because I am a black woman and mm-hmm. like the judgment that goes like into that um, and like the fear of, um, you know, microaggressions, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, hate speech, whatever. Um, and I think it does come a lot from like how mm-hmm. we were raised as black people to be like in a box, to be tight, to not disturb mm-hmm. the environment. Um, but I think I come to a space of like, if my work environment is truly supposed to be a positive environment, a safe environment, if that's what they promote, then I should be able to lean more into like Mm -hmm. bringing more of myself and less of like, like, um, I'm trying to think of like delineating, like Mm -hmm. this is the, the like once Mm -hmm. I step foot here, like I am this person Mm -hmm. and it gets really exhausting. And I think of situations like, um, folks who are queer and like Mm -hmm. hide their identities, like that gets exhausting over time. So, um, I think there are, like, obviously there's, like, details of our lives we don't need to share with each other. But, like, as far as, like, the basic personality, like, I don't mm-hmm. think you should be changing your personality mm-hmm. to, like, enter the environment. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like how you just go to me, Kay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I do what you say. Uh, I do see what you are saying. Uh-huh. Um, in, a, in a general sense, yes. You mm-hmm. you know, you got to be able to spread a little bit. But, yes, there there are some facets that... You're just not going to see because I don't want you to. Mm -hmm. Um, And then that doesn't mean anything. But, you know, there's a limit. Like KJ said, there's a limit. You're going to I'm going to share. You Mm -hmm. you see my personality. Mm -hmm. You see where I am. But there's still pieces that. Oh, and that's the lid. (laughs) No, it's a plug for Ziploc Tupperware. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. wow! I need to have that button ready first, so I can mm. just like no boo. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on! Come uh, on. No, I, I think about my conversations with my therapist. We used to talk about like uh, hats. What hat are you wearing today when you come in this mm-hmm. space? Mm-hmm. And it was always a different one. I was like, "Am I wearing the sun hat? Have I been having a conversation with my parents? Have I? Uh, am I wearing the former athlete hat? Am I?" wearing the uh, tired, stressed worker hat? Am I wearing the tired student hat? Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of different hats that I wore and I, because I would compartmentalize so much. And I think what, Kay, you were speaking to, and I think everybody at this point has spoken to, is like there there is a limit to how much you can compartmentalize, but there's also a limit to how much you can bring into your life and share and expect others to accept or mm-hmm. even accept yourself at the moment just because we become exhausted. Um, it's more a lot more gray, and that's why it's not a accept yes or no. Mm-hmm. It's a accept maybe not at this time, or maybe down the road, or I need some time to think about that. There is mm-hmm. no just like binary yes or no when it comes to acceptance. Um, <laughs> so you you were talking about acceptance in my and in my head, and you were talking about. <clears throat> compartmentalized and I immediately went to the pandemic and me having to accept that I had to work at home um, and as a person who in that there is there is a definite line in, in my head of home and work mm. so I was that person who I'm not bringing work home mm-hmm. like this is my place of peace like mm-hmm. when I'm here I am in it and then that having that leakage if you will with the pandemic and having to kind of restructure that boundary and readjust and accept the fact that this is what it is so let me kind of try to 
get myself back together and, and, and redraw that boundary. Sorry, that was just in my head. Mm-hmm. Just thought I'd throw that out there as well. Yeah. That's very real. No, yeah, that's very real. And I think there's there's consequences to accepting things. Mm-hmm. There's consequences even if we say yes, even if it is for a, a momentary time. And I, I want to read this, this tweet that I saw. Um, you are not a machine. You are more like a garden. You need different things on different days. A little sun today, a little less water tomorrow. You have uh, fallow and fruitful seasons. It is not design flaw. It is wiser than perpetual sameness. What does your garden need today? If you expect a garden to produce things with the same regularity and sameness as a machine, you'll be disappointed. If you try to maintain a garden the same way you would a machine, you will destroy it. The same is true of your body and emotional life. Give in to your garden. And I, I want to touch on the point of this, this grind culture that we consistently <laughs> see uh, emerging from every generation now of continuing to push. I know there is a quiet quitting culture currently, but also there is a grind culture that might be pushing some of that quiet quitting as well because of apathy and because of other things. And so as a whole, if we're a machine and we're constantly saying yes, if we're constantly accepting, that can push us to tiredness. And I want to give Joy Marie Clarkson first a shout out for that tweet that was beautiful. But also KJ and I have recently talked about this a little bit too of constantly saying yes. And I, I feel like KJ has some insight into that. Yes. <laughs> um, well, so I recently rediscovered um, something that really impacted me in my last year of college. I was a Baldwin Scholar, so I took um, the senior seminar, which is Women in the Professions, um, and we had to do a book report. And I was in my dream face. So I chose Shonda's, Shonda Rhimes' um, biography called The Year of Yes. Um, and in the book, it starts off with her having a conversation with her sister at like Thanksgiving. Um, and her sister asked her like to do something like very chill. I don't remember what it was. But she says, Shonda says no. And her sister's like, you say no to everything. Like you never say yes. And it's basically sent Shonda into a spiral of like, I don't say no to everything. Like, it's, like, really <laughs> defensive. Like, no, I don't. And then, like, you know, after, like, taking them, be like, I really do. Like, I haven't, you know, done this or I haven't done that or, like, whatever. And it, like, then she goes and assesses every facet of her life from, like, motherhood to, like, being a producer to, you know, just being herself. Um, and it was really helpful for me, not because I was, like, saying yes to every, I mean, saying no to everything, but more so because I was saying yes to everything. Um, And it got really exhausting, my senior especially, because I was overloading, and I was president of my sorority, and I was a Baldwin scholar, and I was a uh, orientation leader, and I was just like, hey, no, thank you, (laughs) no, thank you. (laughs) Like, I have to start saying no to things. And I was losing all of myself, and, like, people were asking me for more time, and I was like, I don't even have time to sit and think to myself. (laughs) Like, I don't have time for me. Like, you want more time, me wants more time. Um, And so kind of, like, narrating that battle of, like, I'm going to have to say no, and it's going to make other people unhappy, but, like, your happy does not have to make everyone else happy um, all the time. And so specifically um, thinking back to your uh, point of like what is normal and what is not normal, um, we were talking about a chapter where Shonda uh, – it's, it's called Guess to Who I Am. Um, and Shonda does not want to get married ever. And so she's dating this guy and she's like – 
maybe I can marry him. Like, my mom says he's really nice. Like, there's no real reason not to. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not really, like, she's trying to, like, convince herself, like, or, you know, accept the fact that she should get married when at the end of it, she's like, that's just who I am. Like, I just don't want to get married. Like, that's just kind of my character. Um, So deciding, like, what is truly who you are, like, something that is unchanging and what is, like, a societal pressure that you're adhering to. Um, And (laughs) she ends the chapter, like, talking to her best friend. She's like, we broke up because I didn't want to get married. And she's, like, so excited. And her friend is like, what's wrong with you? (laughs) You just lost your boyfriend. (laughs) And and she's, like, continuing to prove the point of, like, your happy does not have to make other people happy. It does not always have to make sense to other people. You need to be able to communicate, like, why it made you happy. But, like, it doesn't have to be um, other people's choice or, like, other people's happiness. Yes. Normalize not accepting gifts that harm our personhood. (laughs) Yes. Over and over, I keep thinking about that. Uh, Thoughts from anybody else? I love Shonda Rhimes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have anything to top that. Yeah. That was good. If you love Shonda, you love her book. She writes in a very, like, stream of consciousness. Mm -hmm. Like, you're reading it as she's thinking it. So it's very good. And that's also a plug for a new episode, possibly, of how we turn off the stream of consciousness. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> my daily struggle. <laughs> um, but I, I do want to bring us to a conclusion here. I've really enjoyed this conversation. And I think, you know, we I don't know if we ever reach a, an answer. And then that's kind of the point. We just want to think. We want to talk about what acceptance could possibly mean and how we could move to it and know that there's not one true answer to saying yes. Um, and so the, I'm trying to think of what sound I want to use to, to <laughs> Press them all. Press them all, Rudy. <laughs> Just wow. press them all. Uh-uh. No. Oh, I need no, something. No, no, no. That sound like trash. Oh, wow. Okay. It do. Oh. Ooh. No, no, oh, that's not it. Flash a fire alarm. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. We were yes. closing out. Yeah. All right. Yes. <laughs> so, how do we move to a place of acceptance? I think it goes back to our first step in knowing yourself and accepting and knowing what's right for you um, at that point in time. Um And understanding and accepting things and knowing yourself, no, is an is a complete sentence. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think it's like leaving space for reflection, like leaving time and intentional space to talk to yourself and like assess, hey, is this where I want to be? Mm-hmm. And in the the Design Your Life book that they use for the you know Design Your Duke Experience course and all that kind of stuff and how we talk about it in the Discover and Exploration Career Community, they phrase it as just let go and move on, mm-hmm. let go and move on. Yeah. And I want to finish with a... A quote. It's really actually an image, so go check it out. We the Urban Instagram page. They have great uh, images every day for encouragement. But also it says, we are not meant to shine the exact same, and that is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And take that for whatever it is. Oh, go with it. This has been the <laughs> What's Career Got to Do <laughs> With the Podcast. Folks. We look forward to meeting with you again soon. Bye, Bye. Paul.